Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I'm Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And we are excited to be here again, uh, 16 mm-hmm. weeks in a row. And we are officially into December yep. 2021. Betcha. I don't oh, know where this whole year has gone. What a crazy, crazy year it's been. Crazy. It's so fast. Yeah. I, every year, it's crazy how much faster it gets. It is. It's so weird. Our little guy just turned seven on the second, so only yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the third today. So yeah, he turned seven yesterday. Yeah, just crazy. Our other guy's nine and seven now. And yeah, 2022 right around the corner. We only have this month or this week and then three more weeks to do reviews. And then in the final week of December, we're going to do our top 10 lists. You're just of... giving away all our secrets. <laughs> yeah, but everyone's going to maybe look forward to that. Hearing our top 10 games of 2021 will be recorded in the last week of December. Yep. But that's not happening right now. Um, <laughs> nope. Speaking of our little guy, um, we are going to do new to the collection as always. We could actually start off with that. Um, he asked for, we didn't plan to talk about this actually, but no. he asked off for Clask yeah. as a birthday gift. He's been asking for a few months about it and we got it for him. And yeah. I don't know if everyone out there knows what Clask is, but it's like table hockey soccer i don't know what you want to call it but like it's, it's very using awesome. magnets yeah so you have you have this little table that sits between you and it kind of looks like a little soccer field and you each have a magnetic handle that goes underneath the table and like a, a magnetic pawn that sits on top of the table that connects through the table and you move your hand under the table and it moves the pawn on top of the table and there's this little ball that you're trying to <laughs> shoot into your opponents like there's a little hole for their net kind of and you're trying to get it in there but there are also these three little white magnets that if you get two or more two or three of them attached to your pawn then the other person gets a point yeah so you have to stay away from those little magnets and you also try to have to hit the ball in the right area and if you can't pull your pawn too close to your own goal or your pawn top will fall off and then the other person gets a gets point. a point and if yeah. you're if you move your um, handle too fast your thing pops off so if you can't get it back with the magnet then you lose a point yeah it's a lot of fun it's great they, i always knew it was going to be cool yeah and i always wanted to get it but then when he asked for it i was like oh perfect i can get it for him as a birthday present and i get to play it yeah <laughs> so I played it, you and the boys played it last night a lot, a, a few times. And you played it today during oh, they, the day. Cause yeah, I worked they today. played it a ton today. But great. then I did try it for the first time when I got home after dinner against them. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So if you like kind of table hockey, air hockey style games, this is it. But it's using magnets. <laughs> and it's just a wild little ride. Oh, it's fantastic. It's a cool game. Yep. Um, I, I definitely recommend you check. To, uh, yes, I can't talk. It's a lot of fun. Take a look, check it out. I was trying to put those two together, <laughs> but it's a great game. Yeah, so that's the first thing new to the collection. Uh, well, it's technically his, but still, it's in the house. Designed um, by Mickle, Mickle something. Yeah, I can't we, remember his we last prepared name. prepared on that one, but I just thought, well, yeah. we talked about him, and might as well talk about that, because it is a cool game. I believe it's out of Norway? Yes, or Sweden. Or Scandinavian, for sure. Yeah. It's one of those. But. It's pretty cool. Very, very cool. Clask yeah. with a K. Very, very cool game. Yeah. Uh, what's the second thing we're going to talk about? 
So the second thing we're going to talk about, or what I thought would be the first, was uh, is Bonanza. Yes. So this game, uh, To Bean or Not To Bean, it is designed by Uwe Rosenberg and published by Amigo. And uh, in this game, I'd heard a lot about this game, uh, mostly from Norm. Yeah. He he's talks talk, about it a lot on his podcast. Yes. Cardboard Conjecture. From Cardboard Conjecture. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's talked about it being, I think, one of his favorite Uve. Like smaller yeah. games out there, yeah, and, and it, I don't know anything about it. No, you're you're farming beans, and you have to plant and and harvest beans, and you um you can negotiate and trade, I think, with other players, and sometimes you just give like yeah. donate to other players. And... It's a three to seven player game. Yeah, so... this this one, the new like the one we got here, it comes with an expansion, so you can play up to seven. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's. It looks fun. Just yeah, I think like it a... just showed up on the list of things we could order, and we just heard uh, Norm talk about it a lot. So yeah, just heard so much not? about it. It's one of those that it's an older game. Like I think it's been around for quite a while. I think I want to say it's been around since the early two thousands or like yeah. the nineties. Like, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's around game. then. Yeah, and I've never we've never played it, so nope. I'm I'm quite excited that this is uh, is new to our collection because yeah, yeah, apparently it's good. But we do need three Look. to play it, and it says what does it say twelve. 12 and up 12 sort of things where older guy could probably play pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. He's only nine, but he's pretty, pretty sharp when it comes yeah. to these type of things. He's pretty so, game savvy. Yeah. We'll <laughs> give that a shot here over, probably over the holidays, I assume. Yep. Um, over the next few weeks. I think so. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm excited. It's, it's in a nice bright yellow box and yep. <laughs> easy to spot, fun little cartoony, uh, uh, Bean beans guy. on there, so yeah. just a neat, neat concept for a game. And yep. Bonanza looks like beans in the Wild West. It's kind of what the yeah. cover looks like. Yeah, they're wearing boots and spurs, and yeah. they're kind of like farmer cowboys. Yeah, I don't know. Gunslingers, yeah. hippies. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, I don't know. Bonanza. It looks awesome. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, we can play that over the next few weeks. Yeah. What's the other game? The we're other talk about? game we're going to talk about is uh, Tellstone's King's Gambit. Mm-hmm. And this game is designed by Chris Cantrell and published by Riot Games. Yes. So, Tellstone King's Gambit. This is a game. So we just talked about this briefly on the What You've Been Playing Wednesdays uh, podcast episode for this week. Um, And so this game is a little game with stones. And this is a game based in a video game. League of Legends. That's it. League of Legends. So it's within that video game you can play this game. But now they've made a physical copy for us to yeah. play which is funny because watching you play games i've we've noticed that and be like ah oh, they should just make this game that game looks yeah. fun and <laughs> that's then, happened a few times yeah, yeah well you've never played that game i have um, no it's kind of neat that somebody actually did it yeah and we found so this cool. at the local game store on black friday heavily discounted from yeah. like the 50 dollar mark down to 20 or yeah. something or 15 or whatever it was and and it's this tiny little box, but it's it's like a little metal case. It's only about it's heavy. like a four <laughs> and a half by four and a half inch square box or five inch yeah. square box, but it's metal and it's heavy. And inside this box are seven stones and a little play mat that it sits on. That's it. Yeah. And this game is super cool. I didn't know anything about it. We, neither of us did. No. And it just we, kept catching we my eye. threw it out on the table as just something to try out. And uh, it's just a crazy cool game. It's so simple, but so difficult. So I'll just put it out there. Uh, Rob's always saying how, 
Anne-Marie always beats me at everything. <laughs> Not this one. Well, I have yet to win a game yes. of this. He <laughs> has slayed me every single time yes. we've played. I'm surprised, honestly, because my memory <laughs> isn't very good. And this game is, in fact, a memory game. Yeah. And it, uh, so what it is, just quickly, briefly, um, you have these seven stones. The game starts with one stone. On, yep. the, on the mat and there's right in the center it's a it's a stone with a uh, set, any, of, a scale, set of a scales. set of scales but any just, any stone can go in the middle yeah and the other six stones have another six different symbols there's a crown a sword a shield a uh, flag something else it doesn't matter a hammer yeah there's seven a knight seven different uh symbols all together and on your turn you are basically dictating to the your opponent what you want them to do so and they have to follow. So if I say, Anamari, put that sword stone bes- to the left of the scales. You have to do that. I have to do it. Yep. And then on your turn, you can do the same. You can ask me put the shield to the say the right of the scales. And then your other options you can tell your opponent to do are to hide yep. a stone, which is just flipping one face down, so you actually don't see what it is. Yep. Um, you can swap. Swap them. So I want to swap that stone and that stone, but you have to say like swap the crown with the sword. But it doesn't have to be the crown but, and the sword. Yes, half you the can time start you're messing down, with people, and you can just call it whatever you want. You're trying to mix mix them up and mess up your opponent so they forget what's what. And try not to mix up yourself. But so far that has never happened for me. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> you're trying to so keep confident. it straight in your own head, but trying to mix up your opponent. <laughs> yeah. And it's incredibly difficult to do because you do you you try to say well move the crown. And the sword. And knowing full well that that's not the crown, that's the shield. Yeah. But then you've got to remember that as well yeah. by trying to trick your opponent. And you know they're tricking you too, but you're still, yeah. they're saying it and you're trying to think of the other one. It is not easy. It's it a difficult game. It is not easy game, at all. But it's so fun and it's real, really quick. The whole point of it is, to, how, so how do, they, how do you score well, in this? You can also, just a couple of things, you can peek. Um, right. You can peek at a stone. Yep. Now, if you choose the peek action after your opponent has just scored a point, you can actually peek at three as right. opposed to one. Um, you can challenge them for a point. You can say, I challenge you. What is on, What is this stone? Right. And, one of and, the hidden stones. So yeah. if you think there's one they don't know, you can challenge them. If they get it right, they get a point. Right. If they get it wrong, you get a point. Right. Um, then they can boast. Now, the boast can win you the game, but there are a few different steps to the boast. Um so you can say, you're going to boast, you say, I know all the hidden symbols. And if uh, your opponent then, if the ball's in their court, they can say, I believe you, you get a point. If they think you know it, yeah. then sure. And you have to, when you're boasting, you're talking about all the stones. Yeah. And so if they say, I believe you, you don't have to name any of them. You just get yourself a you point. You get a point. Yeah. They can say, I don't believe you, prove it. And then if they say that, you have to tell them every, you have to flip over, um, say what it is, flip it over. If at any point you get one wrong, you've lost the game. The other person wins automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you could also say, I don't care. I know them too. And when you say that. It flips it onto your opponent, so mm-hmm. then they have to say, "I believe you have a point." So you, you could boast and end up with the other person getting a point because they've kind yeah. of bluffed you. They've bluffed your bluff, and yes, then, they've called your bluff. And bl- oh, it's just or ridiculous. they could get you to prove it, and yeah. you would have to do. It. So it's really what a neat game. It is neat. It's so simple, but so neat and so difficult to keep straight because. Once you trick your opponent, half the time you're just tricking yourself. Yeah, <laughs> so. which is what happened to me yes. all the time. But, but it, it is, is fantastic. Good. And who's who's that by again? Riot Games. Riot Games, yes. And yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just it's so cool. If you ever see a copy out there, uh, it's worth 
uh, picking up because this, I guess this game is very hard to find. Yeah, I was looking and it, it's, Looks like it was only available online at their game store. Yeah. But um, I looked on all the sites in Canada and I couldn't find this anywhere and other than our local store. Yeah, here. that's why we figured out that might be wise because it looks like you're just supposed to sell it there. But yeah, so it's a neat one. Um, heck of a two player game. Great one that you could like take to the pub, you know, yeah. have a couple pints and play this. And, you know, it's just excellent. Oh, excellent it's very game. cool. Very good game. But yeah, I think, well, that's three new things to the collection. Yeah. Uh, we can move on to our crowdfunding because we have a game uh, that we backed on Kickstarter to talk about. We will see we you do? over there. Yes, we do. Then here we are at our crowdfunding segment of the episode, and we have a game to talk about that is currently well, actually, it just left Kickstarter, it just funded today. I it was don't either today know. or yesterday. And this is a game I didn't even tell Anime we were nope. backing. I, <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I looked into it right in the last couple of days and was like, Oh, you gotta, I think I gotta get on in on this. And what game <laughs> are we talking about? That is Call to Adventure Epic Origins, and this is from um. Designed by Johnny O'Neill and Chris O'Neill. Art by Darren Calvert, Antti Hakosari, Ari Ibarra, Kevin O'Neill, and Gal Orr. Published by Brotherwise Games. I was going to say, I wonder if they're brothers. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think so. Um, and this one, yeah, this one just funded on Kickstarter today. I think it was this morning, or yeah, like last night that this, because I remember getting the email this morning that it funded. Um, so this one is a neat little adventure game um, about, uh, like... It's like the origin D&D style, like, like building a character style game. But it's not like that. You're just building the characters. Like, that's yeah, but it. it's like very, apparently pretty in-depth about how you build your character. Because mm-hmm. you're creating like a story for your character through cards and things like this. So it says on their BGG page, it says... In this hero crafting card game, one to four players compete to earn the highest destiny score while com- or while cooperating to defeat the adversary. The adversary being one of several uh, evil bad guys you can choose to take on, I believe. I'm not entirely sure on that. But it says, like the or- the original Call to Adventure, which came uh, was two years ago, I think, funded on Kickstarter. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and they had like <laughs> 10,000 backers for that. Oh, wow. So this one uh, had a lot of popularity as well. It says, so like the original Call to Adventure, Epic Origins is a tableau building game where players draft cards, cast runes, and overcome challenges to score victory points. For players familiar with Call to Adventure game system, Epic Origins introduces a high fantasy themed inspired by classic dungeon crawling RPGs. The new heritage card type provides options like elf, halfling, and dwarf. Class cards allow you to invest experience to level up your character high fantasy themes and challenges can be found throughout the game's 150 plus unique cards this game also features overhauled solo and co-op play double-sided adversaries providing an evolving challenge face a lower level adversary at the end of act two and then the final adversary at the end of act three so in campaign mode it says players can unlock new cards by defeating each of their adversaries the game incorporates more rewards for cooperative play while still incentivizing individual achievement 
So, yeah, it says, so uh, while points decide the winner of the game, Call to Adventure encourages storytelling at the end of the game. Epic Origins also includes a guide for converting your final tableau into a 5th edition D&D character. So that's really neat for people out there that are really into RPGs, which we're not. But you can use this, right? So you could use this game, play through it front to back, beginning to end, and then take the character that you've built and and just insert it into a D&D campaign. Hmm. Right? That's, That's such a neat thing. Like, what a way... Like, so I, I don't know a ton about D&D and RPGs and things, but I know that the building of your character can be quite cumbersome. And a lot of people enjoy it, apparently, but it's like sheets of paper and you're clicking boxes and rolling dice and... Yeah, figuring out what he's going to be good at and what they're not, and what your character's going to be, and what you know if it's going to be dwarf or an elf or whatever. And but like, I guess that that can take a long time to create your character, especially when you're trying to be very um, uh, specific and like with lots of detail mm-hmm. as to what this character's going to be. So this game, just playing this game front to back, kind of does gives it for you. you. That. Yeah, yeah and neat. then you can take that character and throw him into a D&D campaign, I guess. So yeah. that's, I think that's a really neat thing that they've yeah. done here. But we're, we're, that's not us. We're not doing that to do that. But we are wanting to play this game. Well, I am anyway. Yeah. So this is kind of the first... Henry's kind of staring at me from across the table no. here. Like, not, <laughs> like a deer in headlights, not no. knowing much about this yeah. one. But I, I thought it was really cool. I had watched the video before. Yeah, you um, did say you'd seen the video. Yeah, because I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, that looks like a neat card game. Yeah, it uh, looks really, really good. Because it's just like the... it. What it made me think of, and it's funny because this seems like a recurring theme, but just like Skyrim, where I watch you play a video game, this is, it's like in Skyrim or those types of games, watching you level up like your character. um, It's just kind of neat because you're building your character as you go. Like in the card game, that's what you're doing is just building up your character. That's what it looked like. So I thought that was kind of That's exactly what's happening here. And it it looks, so when I first saw the little video of it, I thought, okay, this looks fine like just another kind of adventure game or whatever but then i started looking at the different pledge levels of what's going on here and i was like wow there is some there is some value here yeah so in the the they call it the adventurer uh pledge level which is the base uh pledge level you get the base game plus all kickstarter uh extras extras exclusive which has 54 character cards, 66 story cards, 24 hero cards, 24 anti-hero cards, 12 adversary cards, and 24 custom runes for $40 American. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's the base game. Yeah. Which was like 55 for us or something. Yeah. Not even 55, 51 yeah. or 2. I don't know. And so I was like, wow, okay, that's that's pretty decent. And then I looked at the next one. They have the hero um uh, Kickstarter pledge. pledge level, which is the deluxe game plus custom card sleeves, and this one has the books. So everything we heard about in the uh, the base game, but it comes with a book style magnetic clasp box. So the box goes from just being a typical board game box to looking like a book. Is that kind of like our fire in the library? Yes, exactly. It's got like that fire in the library. Yeah, um, where it's it it looks like a book on the shelf. Yeah. And Which is cool. with the magnetic clasp that yeah. makes it fold over and, cl- and and close shut. So this actually looks like a big leather-bound book is the box. So it has that, which is pretty cool. Yep. And it also has uh, 250 custom card sleeves. And these sleeves look super legit. They look very nice. Yeah, they look like 
similar like uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw the art on there was like the the armor that the soldiers in Gondor wore. Oh, okay. You know, Actually, the, yeah, one the of the tree? one of the card sleeves looks like yeah. the white the white tree there. Yeah, yeah, and I just thought, wow, these look cool. They look really sharp. They look really nice. And there's all sorts of different ones. Yeah. So the, all different sleeves. And this is a card game. Let's not forget that. The, You're going to so be playing with your cards tons. So. Yeah. And now they've provided sleeves and custom ones at that. They're not like there's so many different ones. So, you know, it take a while to sort it out. But there's yeah. a lot of them. And then uh, plus all the Kickstarter extras. So you get the game, the cool box, all the sleeves, all the Kickstarter exclusives for 60 American. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. That's I think not it was bad. 75 bucks Canadian. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And card sleeves alone are going to be, yeah. they're going to be, so add like, that in there. So I think there's a it ton of value here. Like, yeah, for sure. Then there's a few more and they get quite a bit more expensive <laughs> as it goes. Cause there's uh like play mats and inserts and all these different things going up. Oh, uh, I think that last one there, you get the, um, you get the call to adventure, the original game. Yes. It looks like, yeah, there's a, a chosen one, uh, which is 200 American, but you do get, looks like the, like deluxe version of Call to Adventure and the deluxe version of what is that Stormlight Arca? I'm not sure. I don't know. Bunch of stuff. Either way, there's a $200 version of this, which is not where we're going. But this $60 American Hero Pledge with the cool box and all the card sleeves for this game, I thought, wow, yeah, I think that's tons of value. So we backed it. And yeah. So we're, we're <laughs> yes, getting we that did. one. <laughs> yeah, it looked really cool. So. I don't know too much else to say about this other than it being a cool kind of card adventure game. But it does say here, the one thing I did see, it says instead of dice. So it says, Yeah, that's, um, that's that looked really neat. I liked seeing that when I watched the video. Yeah, Call to Adventure is a hero crafting game where one to four players compete to earn the highest destiny score. Your destiny score equals the sum of your triumph, your tragedy, and your experience. Yeah. That's kind of neat. And it says, in Epic Origins, you'll also be cooperating to defeat the adversary. Unless the adversary is defeated, the heroes cannot win. Instead of dice, you'll cast runes to overcome challenges. As soon as you build your story tableau, you'll gain access to more ability runes. So they look just like little domino pieces that you get to Yeah, they look like dominoes, exactly, with a cool rune picture on it. And I guess you're using these. There's strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, charisma, all the classic traits um, but they look really nice. Yeah, they, they do. They look really good. They look like dominoes kind of with these different symbols etched into them kind of, you know. So, yeah, that's this one. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I just I just kind of had to jump on it because I thought it looked too cool. And it was, uh, it was Ryan from yeah. Cardboard Conjecture again that was mentioning <laughs> this. Um, I think it was just in a chat I was having with him, him and uh, a couple others, where he said that, oh, you got to check this out. And it looked really cool and... Whatever. So and then I you found out it. it was closing in like a day. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> quickly looked at it and said, "Wow, pull the trigger, pull the trigger." Yeah, I better pull the trigger. I mean, it's, <laughs> and it wasn't a lot of money. So yes. I was like, "Okay, this seems this seems worthwhile." So that's Call to Adventure Epic Origins just closed on Kickstarter. Um, we'll have that coming in apparently June of 2022. Um, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. But. I think we are going to run on over to our main topic of the, the episode. Evening. Not oh. the evening. It is well, it's the it's evening. always the episode. We'll see. Always, over also there. always the evening. <laughs> it is technically the evening <laughs> and the episode.
Alrighty then, here we are at the main topic of the episode, and we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon review! There you go, we did it. Um, <laughs> and today we are going to be reviewing what, Anna-Marie? We are going to be reviewing Dinosaur World, designed by Brian Lewis, David McGregor, and Marissa Masura, and illustrated by Quan Chai Moria. Joe Shawcross and Andrew Thompson, published by Pandasaurus Games. Yes, Dinosaur World. So, right out the gate here. Di- so, I have grown up as a huge dinosaur nut. As have I. No, I know, but I'm beyond most. <laughs> I'm I, more of a dinosaur fan than you are. No. No, who, I'm more of a dinosaur fan than you are. I have a dinosaur bone collection. Fossils. Oh, aren't you fancy yes. schmancy pants? I am a fossil collector. I set out... Until I was like 19, 20, dead set on becoming a paleontologist. I know. Yes. I'm, I'm, it's not a competition. <laughs> no, but... I love dinosaurs, too. Everybody loves dinosaurs. <laughs> but I was, like, wanting to do this professionally. And, you know, college hit you me just right love, in the face. You love them more than me, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I've seen Jurassic Park literally, no joke, like, well over 200 times. Yep. I watched it every day after school. I love Jurassic Park. I, saw, <laughs> I love it more. <laughs> I saw that in theater when I was nine. Mm-hmm. I know you did too. Yes, I did. Yeah, but that was... Yes, dinosaurs, huge so for me. I was also the only person in the theater who laughed when the guy got eaten off the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? His name? Yep. I'll tell you in a minute. Big fan. I'm a big fan. Get out of here. You're Gennaro. Putting, you're putting me... I would have gotten there. Yeah. You're putting me on the spot. <laughs> yes. Either way, um, huge, huge dinosaur fan. We're not competitive at and, all. <laughs> uh, well, and then, you know, because I'm a huge dinosaur fan, being a Jurassic Park fan, uh, out came two years ago, Dinosaur World, or uh, Dinosaur Island, Island. from yeah. Panasaurus, so the, the precursor to this one. Um which I love. Oh, so cool. Oh, yeah. It was great. It was a great, great game. But then I heard that this one was being made, and I was like, oh, of course, right? Dinosaur Island, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah. Dinosaur World, Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. Yeah. Right? So why not? And I was out the gate thinking, like, how different could they make this? Yeah. But Because we were, were really big fans of Dinosaur Island. But, yeah, we're going to tell you, there are some big differences, for sure. Yep. Um. So the first thing we're going to talk about is the theme. So the yeah the general theme here is that they we are building it's the same kind of scenario as Dinosaur Island where you're building a theme park around dinosaurs. But now the all the everything is public knowledge, like yes. all your DNA and everything like that. So it's just you're becoming um, like everybody can do it. Like it, yeah, we're like competing groups doing this, but. So it's the same kind of scenario going on, but there's some some pretty big differences we'll talk about in the gameplay. So how this game works is there are a few different um, steps to this game. There's the hiring of workers. So at the beginning of the game, you're going to set this game up by putting up the main board. There's three of them, and they've got different sections on it. One's got some buildings, one's got some dinosaur pins, and one's got some specialty buildings. And you're going to put them together. And they're, they're going to have a whole bunch of hex tiles on them. So this is all made out of hexes. Rather than the Dinosaur Island where you have your like player board and you're just putting little tiles on your yep. on your board. This is your, you're building your board out of hex tiles. Yeah. 
rather than placing little tiles on your actual board. You have no board. Yes. Um, and then you do have your own board per se, but it's not a park. You have your little uh, DNA track listing yeah. thing. Your danger um, track, your, with your safety yeah, with your track. threat level, your security level, and then your uh, Jeeple which is new. tour thing on it as well, yeah. which is new. And then you have your little start to your park board. It's just a little uh, small Condensed chunk. version of... Yeah, and it's kind of where you start off and it, it, it holds uh, like... It's got the indents for hexes on it, and it's kind of yeah. you build from left to right out your own park, out of hexes that you're going to And it's got your uh, little collect. Your, your little base actions. Yeah, where you you're got gonna base put your meeples on it, to and do it has your welcome there. centers. Your first hex yeah. is attached to it with your welcome center. So the first thing you're gonna do once you've got all that set up is you're gonna hire workers. So this is way different than in Dinosaur Island. Yeah. So you're gonna get there's this deck of cards. Uh, that is the worker database, and you're gonna you're gonna uh, you're drafting pull three right? cards. Yep, you're gonna pull, so if a two player game like say and and me and I are playing, we're gonna pull three cards out of that, and whoever's going first is going to look at those three cards, take one of them, pass the other two to the other player, and they're gonna take one, and then you're gonna discard the other one. And it basically just tells you what uh, little workers players yeah. because they're different types. So you'll end up with nine workers, yeah. of all various different colors. And well, meeple shapes actually too, yeah. but they're all they're they're all uh, different types. So there's like scientists and there's like park workers and administrative people yeah. and whatever. And they're all money bags, things for <laughs> you uh, better than each other in different areas. Yeah. So you're gonna draft that out depending on your need or your well your hopeful need anyway. And that's the first step. So you're gonna get your card with your workers. And then you're going to do the public actions. And the public actions take place on that big main board that I told you about at the beginning, where there are the um, different got... buildings and attractions. And yeah. things. So there's three different boards. One of them you can just get attractions. regular building, yeah. uh, regular attractions, which has got like securities and restaurants and roller coasters and shops. And that one, actually, that first attraction board, um, there are four different, four piles and Every person could get each one of them. So yes. they're like each stack is the same. They're all the same. Yes. Yeah. Those are your basic hexes that you can purchase. Yeah. And those are always available for everybody. Yes. And then there's another board where you're actually going to get uh, dinosaur paddocks from there. Yeah. And there's going to be a, so there's a big stack of hexes that are going to be randomly shuffled. And you're going to have, always have three available during the game. You have your choices On again if you're like herbivores, omnivores, or carnivores. Uh, no omnivores. So oh, no way, omnivores, yeah. There's herbivores, or, small carnivores, yes, and, and large, large carnivores. carnivores. Yeah. But there, there are three expansion packs, but we're going to leave those aside for yeah. now. Um, and there's always going to be three available for you to choose from. And if someone chooses one on their turn before you, uh, the tiles are going to slide around and a new one's going to come out and you're going to be able to choose from that. Right. And then on the, the furthest one, there are the specialty buildings. And all these are the same kind of difference. There's going to be a stack of hexes. And there's going to be four options available for everybody to purchase. So in order to buy these things, you're going to be using your workers because each one has like a different kind of worker cost and money cost. And you're going to have a starting set amount of money depending on player count and whatever. Player turn. Gonna, yeah. Player turn, whatever. You're gonna, so you're going to be purchasing these tiles for different amounts of workers and different amounts of money. And you're going to be adding those tiles directly to your park and you're going to be placing it uh, as long as it's attached to a hex in some fashion, like uh, side to side, you can't have uh, little corners touching or whatever. You got to have like an actual 
side of a hex touching another side of a yeah. one of your hexes. And, but you can place them in any order you want. So that's kind of the way... You just can't have dinosaurs touching each other. Right. You always have they to have, have to be separated by an attraction a... between them. Yeah. Because or else chaos or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then you move on. So once you've finished that turn and everyone's passed and people have used their workers or their money, they're gonna also going to want to save some workers. Because after that section, you're actually going to go to your private actions where you're also going to do the same thing. But you're going to use your own player board to use your your little workers, and you are going to put them to work in your park. Yes. Whichever ones you've saved, because if you've spent them all on the other board, you've got you nothing, nothing to, use to here, do. Right? And so and on your own player board, there's going to be uh, the DNA refinement. So you're going to be able to switch out DNA that you have in your DNA cool. compartments yep. um, and trade them in to get bigger, better ones. Yes. Depending on what kind of dinosaurs you want. You to have your like basic DNA and then you have your kind of um, particular like the specialty DNA. Yeah. And then there's VC funding where you're just you simply put down workers and you just get money. And then there's security. You put workers there and you can up your security because that's trust me. You want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to get your threat level out of control because you need to keep your threat in check with your security. Um then there's your Jeeple Garage. So this is a big difference between Dinosaur World and Dinosaur Island, where you're actually putting on tours on yeah. this, which is completely different scenario than the other one. So you're going to be using your Jeeple, <laughs> Jeeple, um, <laughs> uh, to, uh, you're going to plot out a route that your Jeeple is going to take from the beginning of each round and it's going to work its way through your park whatever you've made and you get to take these little arrow tokens and you get to point them in different directions and your jeeple is going to follow that path between all the different attractions and paddocks and whatever you have gaining you points and or excitement and or threat level along the way also death (laughs) people are going to get eaten don't forget (laughs) yes um and so, you get more arrows the more you build up your um, your jeeple track on your player board. The more arrows you get to have a longer jeeple yes, route on your tour. Exactly, because you start with two, but you yeah. can have up to five arrows, and you want to get a lot of arrows because you want to have longer, uh, yeah, better tours, crazier tours. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then there's also just the making dinosaurs simply on your on your player board where you place workers there and you build dinosaurs depending on their DNA. So you're going to have a paddock that you've bought. The dino say, DNA. Say I bought the T-Rex paddock <laughs> and I placed it on my board. I could build T-Rexes. I have the right to do that and I need to collect the right amount of DNA to do so. And if I did, I can build a T-Rex. But once I placed a T-Rex on my board, up goes my threat level. Yes. So that's how that works. Then... So after you've done your private actions, so on your board like that, you're going to do your Jeeple tour. So once you've plotted everything out, you're going to move your, your Jeeple through all the different hexes that you've created on your park. And yep. they're going to do different things. Yep. So if you go to a dinosaur paddock, for instance, say for the first time you went to this T-Rex paddock, you're going to get there and you are going to get excitement. A lot of it. Yep. Especially for the big carnivores, you're going to get a lot of excitement. But, again, your threat level has gone up, right? So you got to keep that in mind. But you're going to get your excitement, and you're, ex- you're going to, on the, uh, there's like a victory point board, you're going to move up your excitement level. And you are going to... Uh, your excitement ends up being your currency at the end. So, like yes. your income. 
Yes. So, so the higher you your excitement, high excitement level, yes. the more income you'll get at the end of the round. And that resets every round. So you start at zero yes. every round. And you're going to move your G-pool through all the different things, doing all these different things. And each, each hex is going to do wildly different things. So I can't go through all that, but they all do different things. But the cool thing about this is, or I should say the neat, interesting thing about this, yeah. is that if you every time you visit the same hex... The same attraction. or Yes, the same attraction on your board... You are going to get more paddock or whatever. You're going to yeah. get less excitement yeah. every time you go. They call it the boredom ticker yeah. or something. Yeah. So picture that you've gone to the T-Rex paddock now three times in a row. It is three times less exciting. Yeah. Now. Now the more um, the more T-Rexes you create, it's going to get, get more exponentially excitement. Exponentially more excitement. But it's still a little less exciting than the first time when you first yes. saw the, saw it. So for a T-Rex, I think it's something about three or four excitement per T-Rex that you get. So if you had four T-Rex on your board, you're getting, say, 16 excitement every time you go there. But every time you go there, it's going to be one less excitement than the yeah. last time. So it'd be worth 15, and then 14, and then 13 if you went three, four times to yeah. that same paddock, if that was the case. So that's really interesting, and it's totally different than anything that they've had in the other game. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, they also then, have elements in uh, in the Jeeple Tour when you visit something. In certain ones, after you go there, you have to roll, like, I don't know, I call it oh, danger. Oh, well, that's, that's a, part of it. A danger die. That's, say, for for instance, for the T-Rex, the large carnivores, yeah. you're going to have to roll the red die. And, that and that's can, the death die. Yeah, you can get, you can roll two death, one death, a couple blanks on there. Yes. And every time you roll that, so as soon as I've left the T-Rex paddock, I have to roll that red die. It's going to dictate to me how many people were just killed just by simply touring through there. So a nice difference, <laughs> or a difference between Dinosaur Island, where your um, your deaths are determined by randomly, like a blind pop, draw, yeah. out of like pulling that yellow mm-hmm. or pink uh, meeple out yes. of out of the bag. Whereas this one, you're you've got a die a roll die. and the death sticks. Yes, and so. <laughs> Just by chance, you're going to be losing people. People are going to be eaten just like, oops, we lost three on this last tour. Like, I guess that's bad. And then you're going to do this over and over and over again. Um, And yeah, like she said, at the end of each round, your excitement level is going to dictate your income. So if you you ended up with an excitement of 16 at the end of your uh, uh, turn, turn, you're going to get uh, apparently $13. And that's really good. Yeah. And then you can use that money to buy bigger and better attractions and do the whole thing and make your park bigger and better. Yeah. Simple. After your Jeeple tour, you're just going to do your income and your cleanup. And then you're going to see who is furthest on the victory point track. And whoever's fur or whoever's last on the victory point track is then going to be first player. And it's all reverse turn order. So yes. who, if second last goes second, third last goes third and so forth. Yeah. And you're going to do this five times. Yeah. And that's it. That's the game. Unlike Dinosaur Island, where you got to choose, do I want to do a short game, a medium game, or a long game? And that was dictated yeah. by cards, which are the objectives. So this, this, and the only way to end the game was for X amount of people to complete, complete the X amount of objectives. Yeah. Whereas in this one, there are objective cards, the same deal, but they're just sitting there waiting for you. They you don't can, have to be completed. You can go completed. for them or not. Yeah. And they might make sense for you. They might not. But they don't dictate how the game is going to end. They are worth a whack of points, most of yeah. them. But it's not the be-all, the end-all, technically. Yeah. You can just do your own thing and do your own thing. If they work for you, great. If not, it's kind of, that's the way it is. So you're going to do that five rounds <laughs> in a row. I think we did pretty good to, to, to get through that pretty quickly. Because yeah. this is quite complex. 
Um, but we don't want to tell you everything because there's a there's a lot. Yeah. So that's how the game plays. And the most victory points at the end. Oh no, I should say there's, one last there's thing. There's one huge thing there's at the, the end. Death counters. So <laughs> where death comes into play. Yes. Death is a big old problem in this game. So every time you have a person killed in your park, you're gonna get a little death counter. Yeah. And at the end of the game. At the end of each round, if your threat is higher than your security, well, that too, you yes. also get Yes, tokens for that. Yeah, you always get, yeah. So if you have three more uh, uh, risk than you have security, you're going to have three more deaths. So if you just go on a, you know, a dino dino building. No no security. (laughs) Yeah. And he got minus 65 or something as his total. (laughs) So you don't want to do that. He also had the the hilarious question of why am I being punished for what I'm doing? You know, like, well... (laughs) You've lost like 300 people yeah. killed in your park. So you can, you know, that's probably why you're being punished. It was pretty hilarious. Um, but yeah, the death thing is interesting because at the end of the game, whoever has the least amount of deaths yeah. gets them wiped off their record. Yeah. And then everyone else loses equal amount. That so exact same amount. Only three deaths in her park, and I had 15. 15. She would lose all three of hers, would be wiped from the record, and I would go down to 12. Yes. And then there's a little card that dictates to you how many points you lose, depending on where you are sitting in the amount of death. Yeah. So basically, if I had, say, seven death tokens left at the end of the game, I would have minus nine points. Yeah. And once you get past 10... Every death after your 10th death is worth minus three victory points. That's yeah. why Kurt had... He lost so much at the He end. was literally at minus 65 at the end of the game, <laughs> which is just hilarious. So you don't want to do that. You want to keep your you want to keep your security and your threat in check. You don't have to be perfect, but you don't want to be yeah. very bad. Right? Yeah. A few is fine. You want to keep it under 10. Okay? It's going to be hard to, to end the game with nothing unless you get super lucky with uh, die rolls close. like you did in our first in game. In our first game, I only had two. Yeah, because you and just kept rolling blanks, which was crazy. Yeah, I was Whereas rolling, exactly. I kept, my, um, I kept my security above my threat the entire game, but I did not have good luck with those die. And I just kept rolling <laughs> deaths every time. I was like, no! It was great because winning that game was... A huge feather in my cap because I never beat <laughs> Scott uh, of all people. I never, yeah. never beat him. So beating him was great. <laughs> Seeing Kurt just get destroyed negatively was hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, just I never win. So winning was great for me. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yes. Um, so that's you how had a game. lot of winning this week. I actually have. You're right. Yeah. It's been a good it's week. It's been a good week way. for you. Yes. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, so that's how the game plays so we can talk again about the theme um does the theme lend well to this game clearly it does right (laughs) yes you're you're making a dinosaur park and you're putting dinosaurs out there and you're doing a little tour with your jeep through and people are getting eaten and you're you're usually like people are opening because it's such a big competition people are opening their parks too soon without the proper security (laughs) measures and and people being eaten Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria, right? <laughs> um, for your you Ghostbuster fans out there. Um, 
So yes, clearly the theme works, yeah, it works really well. well in this. We can talk about your favorite thing to talk about, and that's the art. That's fantastic. Isn't I, it? Moria. You know, I just, I loved, um, I loved Dinosaur Island. Yes. The, the cover and everything. It drew me in. I loved the neon colors. Loved it. Yep. And they and took a different spin here. They did, but I love it just as much. It's bright. It's colorful. It's inviting. I, I do yeah, like the art quite a bit. It's not the neons from the uh, Dinosaur Island, but it is still bright, colorful in, uh, in you know, a different way. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's very, very good that way. Uh, the art on the boards is great. It's very high detailed. Um, the art on the actual meeples we'll talk about shortly. Um, the art on the, yeah, the tiles, the player boards, the DNA tracks. It's very consistent as well. It is very consistent. And I, I just love the, the art on the box. Like yeah. the big T-Rex on, with the glowing eye yeah. and the amber and stuff. Looks super cool. Quan Chai Moria just, just knocks it out of the park. <laughs> Every time he does board game art just unbelievable so yeah art big thumbs up obviously so we can talk about quickly the components so lots of components in this game this game is a major table hog just like its brother dinosaur island yes we played four (laughs) players in our first game and we had to have side tables and all sorts of things going on and passing things back and forth so it is a major hog you cannot play this on your coffee table you need to have a substantial sized you could lay on your this. stomach and just play on the floor. <laughs> well, <laughs> with know? a four player, yeah, we it, side tables were necessary, hundred percent for we, sure. In our in our, our game table is a decent size, but for a two player game, everything kind of fit nicely on the table. Yeah, so that that worked well. The components. So well, we, what we can talk about is the the card stock, uh, like the the boards and everything. Great dual layer, super awesome. Yeah, for like especially the DNA with tracks the and all the things. Cubes, the cubes it's nice to keep there. them in there. Yeah, it's great. Really, really good. Uh, the boards are nice, colorful. Everything fits together. It's nice and thick cardboard. Um, the All of the uh, hexes, all the tiles are double-sided with nice art on them. I will say... Yes, there's. we have one little thing to talk about here, though. So on the hexes, um, especially at the four-player game, when yes. it was the way we had to set up the table, um, the hexes were on the, they were on the other side of the table for me. And the writing on them is quite small. Yes. And so I found... Very small in some in some instances. Yeah. Trying to figure out, like, the, with iconography, not that it's difficult, but it's for the first time you play, it's quite a bit. And... The, uh, and it was small, so I had yeah. to get up and I'd have to be kind of, of standing over another player's shoulder trying to read these tiles. And some of them have a lot of information, right? They do, yeah. and then trying to, then you're reading all of them to see, do I want to take one of them? But there are a few, so that was a little cumbersome for me, and that I think will fade as I get used yeah, to the tiles and yeah. I play more. But um, I just found I that it was, yeah, it was small writing on big tech, big hexes. And also... Each hex, um, especially the dinosaur paddocks, so they they all have, well, each each uh, tile is a, represents a different paddock for a different type of dinosaur. Yes. And so you buy that and you add it to your park. And when you go to build that dinosaur, it's really nice. It's got all the all the iconography of how to build that dinosaur. Yep, easy there. DNA. But when you go to find the dinosaur <laughs> in the little bin of dinosaurs, you don't know which one you're looking for. No, you don't. Because be- there's no picture of the dinosaur you're looking for on the tile. So you're just assuming that, well, this is a... 
small carnivore looks kind of like it could be what it sounds like you know but you, you're kind of guessing half no, the time there there are some that'll have like a statue in on the front of the building that yeah, you can try to consistent. source out but no. some don't and then you have it would really have helped to have yeah. a little picture on there of, of what meeple dino meeple you're looking for yeah again that's nitpicking because it doesn't matter what dinosaur you put on there you just have to have something Keep representing a dinosaur but still you want to we want to have the right dinosaurs in the right place it's just simple as that yeah um but that being said talking about the actual dinosaur meeples they look awesome yeah. so compared to the ones from dinosaur island which i loved the, which were great because the they wooden, were that hot pink they were nice really wooden they were wood, they are plastic. Were they, oh, they were plastic, yeah. that's right, yeah. They were the same as this, but they were hot pink. Yeah. But these ones... Um, screen printed. They have screen printed little called? dinosaurs on, the, on pictures on them. They're great. Yeah. They're really great. The herbivores really nice. are all in a green. So now you can see what dinosaur it's meant to be. Yes. Rather you just than don't, the glob of whatever you You just don't really know sure. which tile it's supposed to go on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but. The herbivores are a nice green. The uh, small carnivores are a purple, and the large di- uh, large carnivores are a deep red. Yeah. And For all they the each blood. come with their own. Yeah, blood red. <laughs> and they each come with their own dye that you're rolling to see how many people get killed, and they match the same <laughs> the same color. Then there's the little worker meeples. They're tiny, just like the ones from the. Uh, they're really tiny. Yeah. They're very tiny, but they do work. They work they well. Work fine. They work you nicely on the board. Yeah. They, they do their thing. They're not hard to manage. No. And there's about five. Different colors of them. Yeah. And they're all different. Each color is a different person. So, like, uh, this one looks like John Hammond. The little, yeah. Little he's got cane. the hat and a cane. And then there's... And you got, like, the... Yeah, like a park ranger, you know. Yeah. Muldoon. Muldoon. That's, yeah. Style character. Yeah, so, I mean, they all have their own thing. Really nice. Yeah. And then there's the coins. So, the coins that came with Dinosaur Island were outrageously big and crazy. Oh, I love them. Well, they're awesome. But they probably doubled the, the price of shipping. <laughs> Because the coins were crazy. These ones are smaller, more practical. Also But very just cool. as good looking. Yeah, they're very really nice. Really good looking. There's ones, fives, and tens. The ones are a little triangle uh, with a triceratops on one side and a, and a one on the other side. And the uh, the five is a, a square uh, with a T-Rex on one side. Mm, I think it might be a... A raptor? No, the ten is the, the T-Rex. Ten is the T-Rex. What is that? A raptor? It's got to be a raptor or something. I don't know. But they're all different sizes, Probably. different colors, different shapes. But they're, they're not cool. outrageous like the other ones where they were like crazy thick and just let's, nutty. Let's be real. I love, we love the outrageous ones. Yes, they're but, great. But definitely but in this bit, shipping yeah, crisis, these are more manageable. I'm, I'm loving these ones more as well. More practical, I would say. Yeah. I'm glad we have the other ones, but yeah. these are probably more practical. They fit in this nice little cup here. And it looks super nice. Work with. Yeah. Um, so components off the charts a couple nitpicks on size of writing and missing a couple pictures but that being said oh and then there's the meeples or the jeeples so oh, everybody yeah. has their own jeeple, their own little jeeple and their every color has their own specific jeeple that is a different everything the, yeah. a different look right yeah different just... type of vehicle they're all kinds of jeeps but yeah they look awesome they look Drive really, it through really your good. tour cannot complain about that no so components generally speaking off the charts yeah, they're good in they're this awesome. game really really good so it comes down to the point of do we recommend this game and if we do who for um uh, anyone that loved dinosaur island needs to play this game i think they'll love it for yes. sure and they are quite different so i have no problem owning both no nope. they are very very different i think i slightly enjoy this one more specifically because of 
the Jeeple tour aspect that you do in this game. I love the, the I love uh, building your park with the hexes versus having your board and placing the paddocks onto the board from Dinosaur Island. Mm-hmm. I like the I like the building of the park better in this one, and I love plotting your tour for your Jeeple <laughs> yeah. to go around wherever you're saying it needs to go yeah. and doing it however you want to do it, manipulating, going through there first to make sure I get this, to move over there, to make sure I get that, and so forth. Really like that. So if you liked Dinosaur Island, you like medium-heavy-ish games. So I'm not calling this a heavy game, but it's on the heavier side of As medium. medium yeah. um, if, you like th- if you like those type of things, this is definitely no... Simple game. Like, this is no, like, walk in the park game. Yeah. It takes a while to learn how to play. Uh, but once you get it, you get it. And if you've played Dinosaur Island, it definitely is easier oh, to yeah. pick no, up you, on this if one. You, if you, yeah, if you play Dinosaur Island, you like Dinosaur yeah. Island, this is right up your alley. If the basics you, are, the concepts are similar. Concepts like you're doing, are similar, especially yeah. with the DNA and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the board basically looks, identical. Yeah. The DNA, the DNA part. And the... Uh, Threat and, threat and security. Yeah. Basically the exact same scenario. But the building of your park is different. Plotting your Jeeple route is There are really no cool. special characters like you had no, in Dinosaur Island where you could... quite different that way, yes. Yeah. And we do have three expansions we haven't used for this. Uh, there's the hybrid pack, the water pack, and the ice age pack. And they have a whole bunch of different dinosaurs and things in there. They do different things and you yeah. know, it's just more of the same similar thing. But yes, it's it's if you like the kind of medium... Slightly heavier medium type game. This is definitely for you. If you like dinosaurs. If you like dinosaurs in, at all in general, <laughs> this is for you. If you missed out on Dinosaur Island, go ahead and try this one. Yep. Even if you didn't like Dinosaur Island, yeah, you might want to try this one because it is quite a bit different. It's not going to be as long. Like maybe no. if you didn't choose the short game, but like you had said earlier, having, um, having it just be five rounds as opposed it to is. whenever the... Um, special ability or special yep. cards get finished. Yep. Um, that you know that definitely cuts down on the time, which is nice. It is. It's it's it. It's it, I I prefer that too. I think I prefer the 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 round counter almost counter of five rounds. That's it. Do what you got to do in those five rounds yeah. versus waiting to see how many rounds we're gonna have. Yeah, I kind of like the that the, there's a finite amount of rounds. I do think I like that better. Um, and I do like that they're different enough, like you said, that you can play both games. Yes, they're it's they're quite different. That they're they're very similar, but they are very different. So it's yep. nice. That, I have no problem us yeah, having both. I do I enjoy get rid of either both of them. of them. I just at the moment, I think I slightly prefer this one. I think it's just tweaked a few things and improved on its. Yep. On its streamlined a couple things, but they are quite different. So it's hard to it's hard to 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 do that to to. Uh, yeah, to put pit them against each other because they are quite different. Yeah, they're two different but just games. At, at, on the whole, I think I just slightly like this one more. But yeah, if you like dinosaurs, you like Dinosaur Island, you like anything like that, and medium heavier games, mm-hmm. then this one is definitely for you. But if you're a, I only like light things. This is this is quite a handful at times. So, yeah. Um, and and you know, finding somebody that knows how to play makes Will things be an a asset. lot yeah. easier because Scott. <laughs> he came over. I invited by chance. him and yeah. Kurt and well, you. No, we like, didn't invite him by chance. That's not what I was saying. No, no, we didn't invite him by chance. <laughs> by um, chance, he had already played the game. And I had been trying through the week to learn this, and I hadn't had time, and I was struggling. And and it was like an hour before he was showing up, and I was still 
putting things together and trying to learn things and watching videos and reading the book. And he comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, I played this on Monday. I was like, oh, thank Perfect. goodness. Yeah, <laughs> all right, good. Then we can we can get through this uh, a lot easier. So thank you, Scott, yeah. <laughs> for teaching us how to play. You always teach so well. Um, Agreed. But yes, it's great. Um, clearly, we both like this yeah, game. Love it. Clearly, we highly recommend this game. It's just not for everyone, but it's for most, I would think. It's for me. It's definitely for us. We love it. Because I love dinosaurs. Has knocked it out of the park again here. But I think that, you know, so that's bit, what? Two big thumbs up from us, obviously. Yeah. So um, I think that's the end of our 16th episode. Yeah. And yeah, we're cruising right into the end of the year here. But yeah, that's it for us here today. Uh, you can... Follow us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, our YouTube channel, The Meeple Dungeon, for unboxings and things like that. Um, you can contact us through our email if you would like us to review a game or give us some feedback of some sort, themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And yeah, you we are here every week. Every so week. far. So <laughs> sorry we were a little late this week. It was a bit crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, things are yeah, things are crazy, <laughs> but we'll we'll be back again next week with another review um, of something else. Uh, So, yeah, we're going to run. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.